everyone. Welcome to the Power of Sound podcast. This is episode four, and we have a special guest today, Tony Ostrom from WISA. Really glad to have you on the show today. I'm actually pretty new to the WISA technology. If you can tell us a little bit about WISA, who they are and what it's all about, and a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, Mike and Giles, thank you for the opportunity. My name is Tony Ostrom. I'm the president of the WISA Association. WISA is a consumer electronics standards association. Been around for well, around eight years, maybe a little more than that now. I've been a part of the organization for about four years. And our purpose at, at a very simple level is to make the installation and, and enjoyment of really awesome home audio systems easier than ever before for everybody. We are doing that through the standardization of uh, an interoperable audio technology uh, that, and we're working with uh, all of our membership, which right now is uh, close to 70 brands. And those brands are uh, uh, speaker brands, uh, TV brands, AVRs, sources, uh, contract manufacturers. We have some strategic partners like um, uh, THX and Xbox. And all of us are working together to standardize that interoperable high definition, multi-channel audio solution that is wireless uh, so that we can uh, eliminate that common barrier to entry for a lot of people of, of the complex setup and control of these types of systems, make it easy, make it seamless. Who would you say would be right now for a, a WISA product? And I had a chance to go through your product line and you had some pretty impressive speakers on there and, and impressive uh, you know, offerings. Who would be an ideal entry level customer that you guys would position to? Like who would who would be your ideal uh, demographic right now? So it's a great question. Um, and and we, we really, as far as you think of typical demographics, we really want to span a, a lot of different people, a lot of different regions, a lot of different socioeconomic uh, use case. We, we want to be, we want to have something for everyone. And, and if you look at, um, you know, our, our membership dais uh, we, and, the, and the product that they've created right now, we're in home theater systems that you can buy for, you know, you know, seven ninety nine that that price range, all the way up to you know forty thousand dollar you know uh, Bang Olsen Bio Lab nineties. It's the same technology uh, that in, in all of those uh, products, that wide range of products, because it's interoperable um, and because you know it it hits the performance criteria that we deem necessary for you know effective and enjoyable uh, home audio systems. And and the difference between you know, other wireless technologies and what we're doing is the fact that we know they're going to be wrapped around video. And so we know that we want, number one, lots of channels. Um, and and uh, very importantly, we want it to be high definition. We want it to be extremely low latency, uh, which is a big deal because a lot of other wireless technologies kind of struggle in that area, but it's just audio. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're wrapping around video. So we need to be synchronized. We need to have low latency. And so we offer all those things, um, and that makes it, you know, applicable for TVs. But it's not just for really high-end systems. It's not just for, you know, price-sensitive systems. Um, it's it's for, it crosses that whole, you know, spans that whole range. Awesome. Yeah. So I actually had the opportunity to get my hands on the Platin system. So mm-hmm. it's a, a five dot one subwoofer, completely wireless, and uh, it's got this cool little puck or dongle, I guess you would call it. And uh, I integrated that with an Xbox, and it was really straightforward to set up. Um, you know, and as I looked at that equipment, and you can check that up with a, a link here. Check that out. Um, you know, I, I showed it to some buddies and friends and whatnot, and I got a lot of feedback. And 
people were coming down in, in kind of two different camps, right? So there was one camp who really enjoyed the idea of this being a easy system, meaning that, you know, they can have a, a source device and today, you know, all everything is kind of uh, starting to condense and, and integrate into single devices, right? So you'll buy a smart television and it'll stream everything. So you don't necessarily have to buy an external streaming device. Um, and, and folks like this where they can take, I guess now nowadays it's the LG televisions that support this technology directly or Xbox One um, or Windows 10 PC. And instead of going out and buying AVRs and amplifiers and all this other stuff, they just buy a kit and they plug it in and it just works, right? So, you know, that was... Uh, one group of people, and, and they really, uh, really enjoyed that. And another group of people were looking at this as a potential add-on and how can they take a current investment and th- then extend that out wirelessly for areas where they might not have cabling and those kinds of things. So, you know, a couple of questions here on those comments. So from the mm-hmm. television ecosystem, uh, you know, what what are the plans there? I, I think you're working with LG today. Is the idea that you'll grow this more broadly and this becomes more ubiquitous so that pretty much any television that you buy, you'd be able to then plug in a YSA or have it in or built into the television maybe and not have to use a puck? Is that the kind of thing that's coming? Absolutely. Um, so two great questions. So uh, LG was our first, uh, we have about seven different uh, TV brands or manufacturers that are members of the association right now. Um, about four of those are what we call active, which means uh, they are actively either um, looking at integrating and in the process of integrating, process of certifying, or they're actually in the field with product. LG was the first uh, TV brand <clears throat> to adopt uh, something we showed at CES a few years ago, which was Weiss of Ready. Uh, and that allows a TV manufacturer, TV brand to um, deliver the audio that's being processed within TV to the USB port. Uh, and then the USB port would provide power and the signal to that, that transmitter you're talking about is actually the Axum link, um, which is a, a phenomenal product by, by Axum. And that takes the audio from the USB and transmits it via WISA to any WISA certified speakers. Um, the WISA ready TV allows through its own user, user interface, um, all of the uh, visibility to the speakers that are connected, all the control of those speakers, you can add, you can uh, remove, you can ping them, you can rename them. Oh, this one's actually my center channel. That one's actually my left my left rear or whatever. Um, and and it, it, it puts all of that use right at the, pers- at the user's fingertips through the, the TV's remote on the TV screen. That's WISA ready. Um, we are uh, actively pursuing other TV brands to become WISA ready, um, while at the same time, uh, through uh, HDMI connectivity, uh, we can actually bring a lot of TVs online and not just new models, uh, but existing models, as long as they have an audio return channel, um, through a couple of solutions that are in development now. So by the end of 2020, you will probably see probably a little north of 20 million WISA ready TVs in the market. Um, but then you'll also have hundreds of millions of, of TVs that can be easily connected to a WISA transmitter through uh, HDMI and ARC. And is that'll there, dramatically expand, you know, the capability to connect WISA speakers. Is there ever a plan to build that, uh, that Axum controller into the television itself so that you're not depending on, uh, USB out or, or whatnot for, for new sets, right? That, so that speakers can just connect directly to the television without any additional equipment. Right. Um, it, it, ex, 
expanses in the technology are certainly looking to try to, you know, eliminate all the, all the external devices. We, we take a huge step forward when we're talking about something that's, you know, the size of a hockey puck or smaller that connects USB or, or HDMI rather than a large receiver with, you know, the, the complicated, you know, treasure map back panel that, you know, not, not a lot of people are very familiar or comfortable with. Um, but yes, down the road, it would be great and, I, and ideal if the technology was just baked into the TV. You know, usually technology adoption goes through a few stages and, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a delighter at the beginning and then it's a nice to have and then it's a must have. Um, and so right now we're kind of going from that, you know, delighter, wow, this is really kind of neat to, yeah, this is something that's becoming standardized and you see all the, all the different brands using it on um, the end of this year. Like I say, you know, we'll be able to connect to giant number of, of sources. Um, and then, yes, down the road at some point, we do think that complete integration is part of that model that has to, we have to get to a point of critical mass where, you know, the, the sources are willing to accept that, that bomb cost. And, you know, until you're at the majority of sources being connected, which would be great for all of us, that, you know, that's probably a, a, a gating factor, but, but we do anticipate as the standard becomes more and more, you know, ubiquitous, then something like that is, is more likely. Yeah, and it's... I also want to go back. I, I did never answer the second part of your first question. Um, so the there are products right now that, that have the technology and, and people building complete systems with the technology, but because the latency is so low and the synchronization is so tight, you can combine wired components of a system to wireless components of a system. You know, and, and we do see some brands. Um, Axum is a good example, and they have another product called the Q, uh, which is an AVR. Uh, a wireless AVR um, and brands like uh, Primaire uh, in Europe um, developing, you know, AVR type solutions. So we we do see the opportunity, um, although the products aren't there yet, but the, the technology is, and I think the desire is there to br to bring some of those kind of bridge products into play. Where my front stage is wired, but everything that was hard to wire isn't, you know. And, and the speakers, I have my my legacy speakers, but there's an outboard amplifier with a wireless receiver that I didn't have to run a speaker wire back to that speaker, even though it was built as a passive speaker. So yes, I think that those two worlds can very easily come together. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because that, you know, that's, that's the second camp of people that, that talk to me about the technology. How do I integrate this in? And, you know, as I think about it um, you know, my first take on this was, you know, this product might be a little adversarial with like the AVR producers and that kind of thing. But really, I see this as a very complementary technology that extends the capabilities of those devices in ways that aren't available today. You know, if if I were going to buy an AVR, so if, if I wanted to buy, I don't even know if AVR is the right the right term anymore. If I wanted to buy a hub, a central unit for my system, um, I would very much like for that to be able to support both wired and wireless. And I would love to have this kind of technology built in um, and then be able to leverage uh, streaming from my television if I go that route or be able to add external devices into this as well if I wanted to go to a projection route. So it it seems like this might be the next evolutionary step in the pre-pro market where this becomes, uh, you know, just a core component uh, of of any system uh, because, you know, people in homes that don't have this type of cabling in place, it becomes a huge advantage. If you can just, you know, take your front soundstage and those three channels, wire it. And then for your, 
you know, uh, four and five and six and seven or whatever else it might mm-hmm. be, um, you'd be able to use something like this. And if you don't have to then go out and make additional purchases, if it's baked in as part of that upfront cost, it to me would seems to be very beneficial. And if I had that technology, I would absolutely be able to apply it right now today in uh, in a number of different rooms that I that I have to support. So that's that that's really cool. Um, 100%, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing I think it's interesting and should be commented on, and, and you alluded to this at the beginning of the conversation, is the level of market penetration that you have today. Um, I don't think people really understand um, the the varied uh, manufacturers that are including your technology. Um, you know, at Cedia, if I remember correctly, I, I talked with Savant, and I think they're using WISA in their new soundbar and this thing's pretty cool because it does home control and it's wireless and it's, it's really cool but uh you know more common brands uh, in in the first one that comes to mind is clips right and those guys support this technology um bno as you said before and i can never i can never say i have to call it bno because I, I get bang out but then the last part oh you know you know is good yeah. <laughs> Anybody, any other brands that are fairly common out there that people would recognize that, that you have relationships with at this point? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're like I say, we're probably almost close to, to 70, um, you know, speaker brands or, or I'm sorry, speaker and AVR and, and contract manufacturers and all that brands that are part of our, our membership. Um, but uh, yeah, Klipsch, Bang & Olufsen, uh, 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 Harman, um, LG, um, Xbox, uh, Savant, and, um, Enclave Audio. There's some, there's some guys that are, are newer names, but are creating really cool products. Um, Enclave Audio is, is, you know, at the head of that list, um, as well as Axum. Um, you know, these guys, Enclave has, uh, two new systems that they just certified and showed at CES. Um, the, the Cinehome 2 and the Cinehome Pro. The Cinehome Pro is a $1,500 audio system. I think their transmitter is around $100. It's HDMI connected, works with a bunch of different TVs, uh, has the, has the on, on-screen display, and, is the, and the audio system is THX certified. And all that's, you know, $1,500. So for, wow. you can either have a, a high-end soundbar, you know, or this complete immersive audio system that connects to all these different TVs. That's the kind of innovative, you know, n- new thinking that that we're thriving upon. You know, an Axum uh, with the Link, which which is the only uh, product that's both Xbox and WISA certified, and it's the it's the product that you reviewed on um, JDM. It's it, it's a fantastic product with a great inter- with a great user interface uh, through the application. These guys are just killing it, and and then you've got the 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 more legacy brands um, that see where this whole future is going. Uh, and that's, you know, that's your, your clips and your Harmon and, and all these other guys, um, Savant. And we're just really excited to, we've got a full list of all, you know, 60 plus on our website, but, um, you know, it's just great to see the cross section of, you know, the, the, the new innovation, um, existing kind of industry stalwarts, um, you know, whether it's TVs, whether it's gaming systems, whether it's, you know, groups like THX that all want to contribute interface and, and help drive this thing. And, and if I could just kind of take this one other direction, the, the timing of all this right now, because, you know, you're, you're really kind of in a world now where I have three different sizes of pieces of glass, right? I have the small one that's personal that fits in my pocket. I have the medium size one that fits on my desk and I have the big one that fits on my wall. And so much content comes in through those now. And the content 
is so well produced, no matter if it's TV or gaming or movies, um, the, the access to that content is simple. The, the aggregation of that content is simple. Um, and, and it's so well produced that it, it really demands not only a beautiful video experience, but a great audio experience. So much of it's in multi-channel. We just are really trying to help through these brands and through the standardized technology facilitate you know, the, the, the home cinema experiences that that content uh, is, is, is providing. Um, and, and that's really the, at the, at the, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is help make that experience really easy to set up and, and have a, a, a lot of great, you know, home cinema experiences for everyone. Yeah. And speaking of the multi-channel piece today, the system I believe will support up to eight discrete channels, correct? And two of those channels can be Atmos. Is that, is that right? Uh, well, you could have technically six of them. Um, so the way the technology works uh, is we, we don't want to be in a position where we're dictating how a brand needs to approach wireless audio. What we want to do is we want to say, look, we're going to make it high definition, 2496, all eight channels driven. We're going to make it extremely low latency and, and we're talking 5.2 milliseconds. Uh, and within you know one mil- one uh, millionth of a second uh, synchronization, and we're going to do that on all eight channels. We don't care what you use those eight channels for. So one of the one of the parts of the standard is the transmitter and the receiver speak the same language and can communicate. So when that transmitter looks for speakers, it's finding however many speakers are in the system. Those speakers can be assigned, you know, any of the any of the standard seven dot one plus six different either front or side or rear height channels. So to, and back to your point about, you know, systems that kind of use wired and wireless. Yes, I have eight wireless channels, but I may be using those eight wireless channels for um, two rears and six heights. That's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be cool. Wireless channels for, yeah, for, for a 5.1.2. Or I could be using them for, you know, a 7.1. We don't care. We just want to make sure that whatever the user and whatever the, the the brands that made the products that user chose to be part of their experience can easily interoperate and work together. And that that language, not only the technology and the, and the, the specifications and performance, but the language they all talk is standardized. Yeah. So that, that seems to be a fairly elegant number too. So if you think about it, uh, you know, most people will do, uh, well, at the some, for a larger home theater environment, seven bed channels and four Atmos channels, and that's pretty common. And that number is eleven. Um, and if you uh, if you have three front stage channels that are cabled, that that leaves you eight. You know, you you can you can really get everything else wireless, so that you don't have to go drilling into the walls. Now, I, I think someone's going to have to come up with a cool power solution for in ceiling speakers. Uh, but other than yeah. that, that's. That's that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean that's and that's exactly it. So w- what we're seeing, you know, is, is a, a an acceptance of you know the fact that there's eight. That's a very usable number, and people can work with it. And you know, quite honestly, we're really trying right now to get people to surround themselves with speakers. We went through you know the the soundbar craze for so long that you know simply adding speakers behind us, we've come up with a million different ways to do it. Um, not many of them all that great. Uh, but with WISA, and I'm just talking about the industry at large, that w- but with WISA, you know, just being able to get the left and the right speakers separated more, you know, have a dedicated center, dedicated left and right, a nice wide front soundstage and a couple speakers behind me. 
you know, having six speakers is, is more than most people have now, you know, and, and then if you want to add something to utilize those eight channels, that's great. Um, you know, and we, and we have the opportunity for one of the wireless, tra- one of the wireless receivers, not to get, you know, two nuts and bolts, but one of the wireless receivers can actually handle two channels. So you could have a tower that had an Atmos height channel built into it. And that's a very easy progression for, for one of the brands building, you know, building speakers. And we've had that conversation recently. So, you know, with, with more and more content, like I say, coming in at, at better and better, you know, production levels uh, and, and, you know, with, with more and more channels, I mean, 5.1 to, to stream something on demand or access something on demand in 5.1 is pretty common. Uh, and lots of providers are, are, are providing audio in at least about one, sometimes seven, not one, sometimes at most. And so I think pr- making the systems that people are going to use easy to install and understand, and p- it'll, it'll give speaker brands the opportunity to once again, start going back and saying, okay, we are going to invest in some, you know, some wireless powered products. There are a lot of advantages to a powered speaker anyway, but you know, now that the content's there and the, and the technology is making it easy for the customers to integrate it and build those systems in their homes, we're going to make those products. And that's one of the reasons why we have, you know, probably over 70 active speaker and transmitter programs right now with WISA. Awesome. Very awesome. Cool. Well, um, <clears throat> Tony, I, that's a lot of information. And I think that you kind of open that up to a broader audience now that people can understand, you know, this is something that could be applicable for, for many different um, fans of audio, you know, the home theater guys, the, you know, two channel guys, anybody that really wants uh, especially people that live in like places where you can't really drill holes and, and stuff like that, apartments, condos, uh, or, you know, wherever, even if they don't want to drill a hole. So that's really awesome. That's really awesome that you're providing that kind of technology that it seems to be catching on because you got some heavy hitters on there like Klipsch and B&O and, and all those guys. So I'm excited to see where the, um, the progression of this is going to go. And like you said, I think after 2020, it's going to, it's going to, I think it's going to, um, just explode, absolutely explode. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you guys. You know, Mike Giles, this, this is a great opportunity. You know, I wish you guys all the best. And, and, uh, I, I again, I appreciate the, the chance to come on and, and talk about this. We're, we're super excited about it. We, you know, we think this is a, a really big year. We've got a lot of momentum going into this year and, uh, we're expecting some, some really great things. So thank you for helping us spread the word. Absolutely. Anytime. And uh, I definitely would love to have you back someday soon. Uh, when Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, make sure to hit smash that like button and give us a follow if you love this video and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday because we are doing brand new episodes twice a week now. So check us out. Check out Giles at JDM World on YouTube. He's got his own YouTube channel where he does yeah. tons of reviews and tons <laughs> of cool content. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Audio Architects. And I will be launching a YouTube channel very, very soon. Um, oh, uh, one guys. new thing before you close this out um, here at the podcast, we're going to start a new Patreon account. And this mm. is going to give people access to content that we don't publish uh, in any other format. So this will give a little more exclusive content availability to folks. Um, and we'll drop a link down below. This is still in the formative stages, uh, but 
this is going to give people a platform to uh, recommend uh, who we interview on the show, uh, participate a bit more in the show. And we might even be able to start live streaming as we record these. And then for our Patreon audience, grant you access to that so you can interact live with us as we do the filming. So uh, a lot of cool things to come with the Patreon and check that link out below. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week.